three, two, one. What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from here. This beer presented to you by NoelGameDay.com. We are here on a fantastic and beautiful Thursday evening here in Tallahassee. Nate's over there, and Bradenton will be soon joined by Dustin. He's doing his makeup, so he's taking a little bit of time. But we're here on a wonderful, wonderful, fun, and thrilling week. We're getting closer to football season because we've already got people in the chat. The views on the sites are going crazy, and we were able to break some uh, news earlier today. So, Nate, how we doing? Got a got a pretty fun week. A lot to talk about. Yeah, you know, we got Miami fans already in the chat. You know, yapping their gums. You know, seasons <laughs> coming pretty quickly. You know, but you know, there's a lot to talk about, and you know, I think we all know what you know, what the, what the topic of the discussion is. You know, other than you know. Randy Kendrick Falk, but everyone wants to talk about realignment. So it's going to be a very interesting uh, couple weeks or months and how this all unfolds. Yep. Nope. Obviously, the big news of the week is all of this conference realignment across the board for a ton of programs, including a lot in the ACC with Florida State, Clemson, Miami, and others. We will get into that discussion a little bit as we put out a piece earlier today. Regarding that, and then also a little bit of ACC and the Pac-12 and their idea for a partnership, we'll give our thoughts and have a good discussion on that one, too, if we all agree if that's going to work. And then we're going to talk some recruiting to start off with. Let's go and jump into some recruiting real quick so we can get into all of that fun conference stuff and some things that we're hearing. Florida State had uh, had some good news um, earlier this week with four-star defensive end Kedrick Falk committing to Florida State over Clemson, Auburn, and Florida. Mm -hmm. 6'5", 240 pounds. Florida State's able to grab full. Coach Papp really involved here with this recruitment, along with others on staff. But what a big-time pickup for Florida State on defense, loading up in in that defensive ends room. Because you like what you see, Nate. You've been very boisterous on on Twitter about the future of Florida State's defensive line, specifically at the end position with Lamont Green Jr. too. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this pickup and just the future that they're looking, continuing to build, and and, and not even really the trenches, but as defensive line as a whole, the future the future is bright. Uh, I agree. You know the, you know Alex Atkins has gotten a lot of um, publicity, um, which he's deserved, but. You know, Odell and JP have done a great job, you know, recruiting that defensive front front four. Um, I, I think landing Falk is a huge feather in the cap of, of JP and the staff. Um, when you go head-to-head with Auburn, Florida, Clemson, you know, those were legitimate options for, for Falk. And, you know, Florida State was able to make the connection, was able to, you know, hit a home run and – you know, when you pair him up with Lamont Green Jr., who I think is going to, as I've said num- numerous times, is going to end up a top 75 recruit. You know, there's two defensive ends that are going to be just phenomenal for Florida State and even include the Juco Jaden Jones, who has a lot of untapped potential. But, you know, you know, Falk has great size, you know, great movement ability. He can – stuff to run, but you can also get to the quarterback, you know. So, you know, where, where Lamont Green is your your pass rusher, uh, you know, Falk is your, you know, your, your set in the end and stopping the run, but he's a better pass rusher than people think. So I, I'm super excited about getting him because they just – they beat good, good programs for a top 100 kid. Mm-hmm. I don't trying to remember how many tackles for losses senior seat or is junior season 30 30 plus it was dude, can, like, dude can get after the quarterback it, or anybody it, in the backfield it was 30 plus so um yeah he just makes it happen man you put on, on his film and he just he dominates you know he i know he's from small town and a couple of people will make comments about small town football but the kid dominates his competition man and you, know, you you can't teach six five, two fifty, and you can't teach the athletic ability that that he has. So, you know, it's a big feather in the cap for the staff. Yeah, huge commitment um, for Florida State to land Keldrick Falk over Auburn Clemson. Um, 
especially, you know, Auburn being the in-state school, Clemson being a program. <laughs> Where's your mic at, bud? Well, we can hear you, but I don't think the mic's near your near you. There we go. There we go. Big commitment for Florida State to land Keldrick Falk over Auburn and Clemson, especially with Auburn being the in-state school, Clemson being a program, um, a high a high pro profile program that has been pushing for him for a while. But I mean, really, for this one, I think you've got to give the credit to senior offensive analyst Austin Tucker, who um, ever since COVID hit, he started developing a relationship with Keldrick Falk. So really, about two years now. And um, they spent a lot of time communicating with each other throughout the last two years. Every time he comes up to Tallahassee, him and his family are are right there alongside um, Coach Tucker. And then JP came in along with Coach Norvell and got this one closed out in the end. And, you know, last couple of weeks, Florida State landed another trench player, Roderick Kearney, who became the top-ranked player in Tribe 23. Now Keldrick, another guy. Um, in the trenches, and he is now your top-ranked player in the class. So um, a really couple nice weeks for Florida State on both sides of that front. Hey, you mentioned relationships, and, you know, it paid off with Falk, um, paid off with Kearney. Um, hopefully it pays off with Simmons. And, and that's why I think that, you know, linebacker Blake Nicholson's a, a legitimate option because of the way that, you know, Coach Shannon Norvell and the staff have, have recruited him in the way they've built the connection. So, you know, hearing a lot of it from these commitments now about how the staff is building bonds. So uh, that's something to watch for, you know, as, as you have Simmons coming up, you have Nicholson at some time by the end of the month, you know, Smothers coming up. So there's a, there's a lot of new – it's going to be a busy month for Florida State recruiting. So, you know, if those relationships can, you know – Hold tight and hold true. You know, Florida State's going to climb the rankings very quickly. Yeah, and just sticking with that defensive line. Now, four of your ten commits are on the defensive line. I think you named them all earlier, Nate, except for uh, maybe KJ Sampson. So, Florida State, they've already got three defensive ends committed. They've got one um, interior lineman committed, also pushing pretty hard for Jordan Hall. So they're probably a commitment or two from being done completely with a defensive line um, in Tribe 23 this summer. So, and, and, you know, hold on to what you have, you know, Jones, Green, Falk. Mm -hmm. Hold on, hold, hold on to Sampson. If they land Gatson and Jordan Hall, you're hard pressed to find a better defensive line in the country in terms of, uh, of this recruiting class. Um, and that says a lot because a lot of people are knocking Odell and JP for the recruiting ability, but they bring that class in. That is no no worse than top three in the country. Yeah, and you're right there on the other side of the ball with Kearney and mm. maybe Lucas Simmons and Chester. We'll see how things play out for those two guys. But, I mean, it could be a heck of a haul both ways for mm -hmm. Florida State on those trenches and – you know, really, that's the way you build a team. It, it all starts up front and Florida State. They've, they've gone at it to flip both of those rooms. Yep. Big time. Navy Noel from YouTube is asking, what's the deal with linebacker recruiting? Is there a big concern here? Nate, were you saying something last week that this class, this upcoming class, so, isn't so, so impressive I, in the linebacker so room? I, I, I don't, personally, I don't feel that. This is a stellar linebacker class. You know, it's very top heavy. Um, you know, their staff is looking for guys who can run, um, cover. Um, you know, when you run a four two five, you need guys that can, you know, hit the run fist, but also cover. And you know, that's a certain kind of linebacker they're looking for. Um, I, I'm, I'm writing an article here coming up. You know, a guy like Stan Quan Clark, who's down from Miami Killian. You know, I do wonder why Florida State's not not all over this kid. You know, all state Miami linebacker; those guys traditionally pan out. But you look at a guy like Blake Nicholson, who you know is, is a two way player. But if you watch him play, man, he he can run really well, and that's what Demarco Ward does. You know, the, you know he runs track, yeah. And, and we have Bracey on here talking about football versus track speed. DeMarco Ward, I know he, he was just a three-star, was not rated when he committed. You know, they, they like the way he fits. Um, 
you know, I, I think that, you know, they had linebackers that were in town over summer, guys that were at camps, and they just didn't like what they saw. So, you know, it's interesting to see what happens as the year goes and how much they want to take. But I don't think it's a great year for linebackers. So, you know, some some people were upset about, you know, the Harris twins and them choosing UCF, but you had two guys who were undersized. You know, each of them are 185, 190. You know, that's an undersized linebacker. And Florida State needs guys that can come in and play right away because you lose Bethune. Um, you, you lose maybe Gainer this year, Deloach, who may test the NFL water. So we'll see what happens, but not a great class. Yeah, I, I do think it's a little bit of a concern, but it's mitigated by the fact that Florida State plays a four-two-five. So the majority of the time, you're only going to have two linebackers on the field. At the same time, I would love to see Florida State be in the running for some higher caliber linebackers. You know, a guy like Troy Bowles out of Jesuit comes to mind, and, and there's there's a couple others um, at, at IMG that have passed up Florida State for whatever reason. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. Randy is still getting his footing, and he does have some deep recruiting ties throughout the state, and hopefully at some point they begin to flourish. Yeah, and, yeah, by me saying that, you know, there is concern, but, you know, I, I think they have to be kind of picky, but, you know, I mentioned Stan Quan Clark because, you know, the guy had 140 tackles last year. You know, he's just a very kind of reminiscent of, of Omar Graham. He just gets after it, and he kind of fits what a linebacker is and, and, and what 46 kind of always had. You know, you mentioned Bowles. You know, he's one of my favorite players in the class period. You know, just no traction. Looks like he's heading to Georgia. Yeah. So, you know, that guy's a, a tremendous linebacker, but just can't get in on that recruitment. So we'll see how it plays out, man. You know, they, 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 need, they need two in the class. They, they land Nicholson and, and Ward. I think they're happy with what they have. And it's or the same thing. Uh, Sorry, Logan. It's, yeah, it's kind of the same thing uh, with the tight end room because, <laughs> yep. you know, you're, you're struggling with quality bodies over there and mm-hmm. you lost your lone commit and then Randy Pittman, you're, you don't have traction with a lot of quality players. I mean, there's some mm-hmm. under the radar guys like Anthony Richardson or Skylar Mann. So maybe they revisit Javante Connor, the former UCF commit who picked up a offer from FSU this off season, but that's another room. I mean, you're just kind of, Puzzling. Yeah, I, I mean, and I think the question, do they want to take a tight end with what they have on the roster? Do they feel they, good with what they, they have moving forward? <laughs> but I don't disagree, but, you know, <laughs> you know just for, for, for the, the sake of conversation, you know, you know, we, we're not – we don't have the, uh, the chance to look at their board and really what they want to take, so – you know, with with a possible smaller class, you got to be careful with what you take, and it's very evident their their, their church focus this year. Mm-hmm. Most certainly. And then going back to now, Florida State losing out on a commit four star defensive back. Avery Stewart ends up picking Kentucky for Florida State. This one was an interesting situation because it felt like for a little while in the early parts there, Florida State had the momentum to land Stewart out of Alabama, but then it goes over and goes over to Kentucky with Stoops. What's the uh, – maybe happened here at the end of this recruitment for Florida State to lose out on a talented defensive back? NIL. That's what it comes down to. No point in getting in bidding wars in July. Correct. Because He's a good player. Back. Yep. They come back to bite you in December. Yep, good player. Um, I, I, I like him as a safety prospect, but uh, you know, Kentucky people are you know people need to relax on, on. Oh, it's Kentucky. Kentucky's done a tremendous job of turning that program around. Everyone wants Mark Stoops, but then when they mention oh Kentucky over FSU, you know, which, which side which side of the coin are you on? Do you want Stoops as the next head coach? Or is it because it's just Kentucky? You know, he, Stoops has always been a great recruiter of defensive backs. You know, he's always been a tremendous coach of DBs. So you can't knock 
you have to look at the coach. Don't knock the program. Look at the coach. So, you know, Kentucky did a great job recruiting him. They were there longer than Florida State. You know, Florida State came on really heavy at the end and, you know, allegedly, you know, he committed on, on his visit or soon after. So, you know, the staff felt great because they felt they wrapped it up. Yeah, I don't see the too much of a, the complaining either for the position group too for Florida State as if you know that that's exactly what Florida State does. They're always going to bring in talent at the uh, defensive back room. That's always going to be a thing. So either you pick one, or you don't. You know, the next one now up for Florida State on deck to keep a really close eye out on. Uh, as of just recently, Kedrick Folk yesterday announced the day and time <laughs> you mean lucas simmons lucas simmons sorry i was trying to get i was trying to like block out the noise but yes lucas simmons big time offensive tackle target for coach atkins in florida state is going to be committing on monday this is a big time big time target for florida state it's been in the works for a long while now and it's all going to probably come down to coach atkins and the ties there and the family feel simmons has told y'all a few times that it does come down to family and where he feels the natural fit is. And it seems like Florida state has a pretty good lead way on this. We'll see there's other guys like USC here involved, which might be the top one, Tennessee kind of don't feel like maybe they're in it as much. And then there's Florida, but it seems like maybe it's going to come down to Florida state and the West coast team, two different coasts, which way does Simmons go is going to be the real question. Yeah, I think Nate said it earlier, but, you know, for the, this one for Florida State, you're hoping once again their uh, relationship wins out. Um, Seminoles have been recruiting Simmons ever since he lived in Sweden, and Atkins has been building that relationship ever since. And one thing that he told me, I think I said it on the last podcast that stood out during his official visit, was he, he came in um, – first meeting with coach Atkins, they sat him down and they put on a film from Florida state's first mega camp last year. And it showed Simmons going through the drills and he was making some mistakes, you know, not, not doing some reps correctly. And then it showed Atkins working with him, making those corrections. And then Simmons going back through the drills and completing stuff um, correctly. So that just put everything into perspective with him. I mean, that relationship has been there, for the long haul. And at the same time, he's pretty close with Norvell as well. Um, Florida State was one of three schools to get both of his parents on campus for his official visits, along with USC and Florida. So they're right there in the running. And we reported last night um, the Tennessee side. We've heard we've heard that Tennessee feels it's between them and Florida State. Um, and they think Florida State has the edge. And from the FSU side, we've heard that they feel good about where things stand with Simmons going into Monday. Um, I traded a couple texts with Lucas last night, and he told me that he hasn't informed a coaching staff yet of a decision and that he hasn't personally made a decision yet. So he's still in that process, and I would assume that coaches would probably get informed over the weekend or closer to that decision day. Uh, as I said last week, you know, he is probably – one or two in terms of the most important recruits in this class. So, you know, being able to land a top five on your board recruit this early in the process, you know, is great for the program. Um, but Florida State's done a tremendous job, as Dustin has said, you know, back-to-back weeks. They've been, you know, recruiting this kid for a while. Um, it comes down to where he wants to be. Does he want to be in Florida? Does he want to be in – Knoxville doesn't want to be in LA. So I, I think that, you know, he doesn't seem like a guy who, I don't think he knows enough about, you know, the history of recruiting and all that stuff. So it's not about USC or you know, tradition. I think it's right. really about the coaching staff. And that's why I feel good about Florida State. And I think they've done enough, you know, I think they've done enough in, in you know, proving to him that they can develop him and, and get him to be a better player. You know, he's been there a ton. You know, you follow the visits. He's been to Florida State so many times. Um, you know, we'll see, man. It, uh, I feel good. You know, the coaching staff, I think, is confident. Uh, I think they feel really good about how they, they pitch their, their, their recruitment to him and, you know, the connection with, with not only him but his family. So, you know, there's a lot going in Florida State's favor, 
Um, it comes down to, you know, where he wants to play, and that's going to be it. Yeah. I think it's um, going to be Florida State, but we'll see. Got to go yeah. ahead and get it out there because we're not going to have another podcast yeah. before Monday. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I was about to say. We won't have one. We'll, we'll know by this time next week. I'm leading Florida State. I'm leading Florida State as well. Um, Simmons said it himself. Florida State got that final official visit because of that bond and the effort that they put into his recruitment since day one. And I don't think any other program has a a bond as deep with him as Florida State Mm -hmm. does. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm feeling good. Atkins going to get another one, and and especially for. You know, being newer to the to the sport and to the, you know, I, I'm assuming, you know, the the parents and him, you know, they, they want to trust the coaches. So, mm-hmm. you know, that might be a soft factor, but I think it's a factor. And, and you know, someone popped up about playmakers. You want to talk about Jalen Brown or <laughs> Jesus Christ? <laughs> But Nate, to your to your credit, um, Lucas said as much when I got to interview him after his official visit. He said mm. that he had told his parents so much about Florida State and you know what he thought about the experiences and the coaches. Mm. And then finally, for the first time, they both got to come with them and experience it for themselves. And they felt the same way. They they thought it was a tremendous program. Um, the coaching mm-hmm. staff was genuine. They really enjoyed meeting with Atkins and being in the meeting with Norvell and Simmons. So Florida State, they nailed it on both fronts during that official visit. Um, I, I think they've done a good, a, as good a job as they could throughout the last year, year plus mm-hmm. on Lucas, and we'll see if it all comes to fruition on Monday. But, and that's a that's a quote that is, I think I said it on here, or maybe it's just between us. You know, I thought he gave a great interview after his visit to FSU, and I thought he gave some pretty solid insight to his thoughts on Florida State. And that was a, a, a quote that kind of stayed with me was the fact that he's talked about Florida State so much and his parents got the validation of what he has felt and saw. So, you know, those things traditionally work out well, you know, when it, when a decision needs to be made. Mm-hmm. Family ties there. And Coach Atkins has done a fantastic job on that front with families and moms and dads. Let's see what happens again on Monday for Lucas Simmons. We'll have full coverage on that commitment day. Doke FSU from YouTube is asking, what's going on with the lack of skill players committing to Florida State? I know it's early, but, man, are they all waiting to see our product? You might have yes. given the answer there. You might have just given it. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. I was just going to say, can I interest you in Vondravius Jacobs and Goldie Lawrence? So, I'm not, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure that, that that Jacobs ends up on offense in college. You know, I can see him playing corner in college. That's something that I possibly would like to see. Um, they're, I mean, they're recruiting a, a, a ton of, of skill players. I know they haven't had any kids commit yet. You know, Jalen Brown's making his announcement um, here this week, right? Seventh on the seventh tomorrow. Yep. Um, you know, I expect that to be LSU, but that recruitment is far from over. The kids didn't take visits. Um, I don't think that recruitment is any close to being wrapped up. <clears throat> um, you know, Hakeem Williams have done a, a tremendous job recruiting him. Um, you know, Florida State, to some, uh, is the leader there for a guy who I think develops into wide receiver one by the end of the year in the state of Florida, which is, if you followed, I've been – a huge Jalen Brown fan for a year and a half. Um, I, I like Brandon Ines. You know, I, Ines has the strongest hands I've ever felt uh, when a recruit shakes your hands. And when, when I shook <laughs> his hand um, at, at that elite camp, man, he has a great grip. So he's going to he's gonna do really well in college, you know. Um, you pay attention to those things when you get older, Dustin, you know. It's been um, four months since you touched his hand, man. I mean, late, he had a great nose in March. He has strong hands, man. But you know, you know, we, we get an announcement from from Smothers here, and I think that goes Oklahoma. Um, you have Singleton, who I think is going to be Florida State. Um, you had the the wide receiver from Louisiana, 
who they feel yep um they feel very good about right now coming off the official visit they had with him um but i do think that it's a it's a show me right now i think these guys want to wait and see how things unfold on offense which i i completely can can understand you know florida state's built the trenches now if they can get the playmakers you know they're cooking with grease but there's legit options hakeem Jalen Brown recruitment's not over. Um, you know, I think Foles is still a legitimate option. You know, there's a lot of guys still out there. Um, I think that we won't have an answer until we see how this team plays. Yeah, and also when it comes to Hakeem and, and Samson, mm-hmm. they've they've already said that they're probably not going to commit until following their senior season. So that just really comes down to the announcement timeline. And as for the running back room, I think it's just that there's a lack of options. Um, Florida mm-hmm. State, they're obviously – their eyes are set on Dalen Smothers and Samuel Singleton. We'll see if they're able to turn things around with, um, with Smothers <laughs> before he decides next week. And Singleton was another guy um, coming into his official visit. He said that he had plans to not announce a commitment until following his senior season. And then coming out of the visit, he said it went so well that he was thinking about moving that announcement up. So we'll see what he decides to do. Um, We we talked about tight ends a couple minutes ago, and I kind of feel the same way about the defensive backboard. It's it's a little slim at the moment, and a lot of the guys at FSU are involved with outside of Stewart. It looks like they're probably not going to announce till more towards the fall. I I think a guy like Smothers probably. Holds off on his announcement if he wasn't, you know, suspended for his senior season for archaic rules in North Carolina about transferring. So, I point. think I think he bumped up his his commitment because of you know he's not going to play his senior year. And, and Florida State did a great job recruiting him too. You know, sometimes you just get beat. You know, Oklahoma has a lot to offer. Um, but Florida State did a great job with him, so nothing, no, you know, nothing to be really ashamed about with that one. But let's talk, get into some of this conference talk because that's obviously where I think most of people are here now. I know there's some good momentum on the recruiting front for Florida State, but there could be even some bigger, bigger, bigger changes in the fold for Florida State with a lot of the news coming this week and a little bit of last week. With what now the ACC is going to do to com- to combat all of these other conferences, mainly SEC, Big Ten, with grabbing all these premier teams and adding on to building these mega conferences, which it seems to be like two mega ones later on down the road. Let's start off with the first report um, that was given earlier this week uh, from Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports saying that the ACC and the Pac-12 are exploring the possibility of teaming up both of these conferences, joining hand-in-hand. The proposal is a loose partnership that would include regular season matchups and a possible championship game. First off, before we go deep dive into this report and the idea of this, does it make sense for you guys just, I think for every FSU fan, any fan in this conference, does it make sense to partner over with it a conference that's on the whole entire other side of the country, or does this feel like this is desperate measures? You got to do what you got to do to stay afloat kind of thing. And this was supposedly first presented by the ACC to the PAC 12. I, my, my opinion is that this is a, um, after we get raided by the SEC um, or and or big 10, we need to pick up the pieces and what's left of the PAC 12. Let's go ahead and, um, join forces and, and, and try to be a a, a fourth major conference. Um, I, I don't think that necessarily would include a Florida State. I think that's an after-the-fact kind of relationship. Um, I think it, it's kind of stupid to, to have to go across country. I think that, you know, that plays into the favor of the home team every week, having to travel thousands of miles every week. Um, I'm more of a geographical fan of conferences. You know, that's the old school in me. But no, I, I think that report by 
Dylan Stout was more about, you know, what can the ACC do to remain relevant after they lose X amount of teams. Yeah, it's just really the only way that the ACC and Pac-12 have any chance to try and combat what the the Big Ten and SEC are building towards, which which are two mega conferences. And the reported numbers for the new TV deals for the SEC and Big Ten are jumping up to around $100 million annually per program, which is pretty insane. Um, one of the numbers I read o- earlier this week was programs in the Pac-12 were valued around – 43 million or so um, annually each prior to USC and UCLA departing from the conference. And that valuation has dropped to about 30 million. So about a 25% loss and four to say it on the other side in the SEC. I mean, that's about a 50% less um, revenue gap compared to the SEC and big 10. So, I mean, even if they were to try and do some type of partnership or, or whatever, it's still not even going to – it's not going to pale in comparison to what those other programs are getting. I, I, I'm kind of surprised that Stanford is kind of being swept aside because all of their sports are, are great. You know, they year in, year out have competitive sports across every kind, whether it's softball, football, bat, you know, that, that's a great brand. You know, I'm, I'm surprised that. You know, it's just UCLA and USC. I'm surprised that Stanford is not a part of that that move. I think they eventually, I, I think yeah. they eventually get picked up by the Big Ten, but no, you know, I don't think they're going to be an after the fact part of a ACC Pac-12 bottom barrel pick at the pieces kind of conference. I'm going to read a little bit more into this report here from Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports. Uh, and here says the proposed the Pac-12 discussing a loose partnership with another conference Tuesday afternoon, noting some regular season crossover games could be played in addition to the end quote championship game. Sources indicate the proposal is viewed as a strength in numbers move. While the 24 combined ACC and Pac-12 teams wouldn't have nearly the clout, and it's crazy now that clout is, I guess, really a word that we use now regularly in journalism, but here we are, it's 2022, but they don't nearly have the clout of the 32 programs combined in the SEC and Big Ten. It would be something to combat the growing financial gap between those Burgundy super conferences and everyone else. Well, who who was it that put out there about Florida State? And just the numbers they do. You know, Florida State's down, but they're still they still rake in the views for ESPN. You know, they're still national. People watch them. And whether people like it or not, you know, that's what's gonna they're gonna end up in the in one of these two conferences. I hope it's the SEC because you know out of geographical conferences. But you know, Florida State has a lot of national recognition. I think the just the improvements of, of the women's sports helps them, you know, basketball, you know, the improvement there. And it, it, it's an overall university now. Well, it feels like with this report too, it feels like another thing where we remember the Alliance that they were all going to build the ACC. Um, yeah. The, yeah. They were all going to build that was a Pac 12 big 10. And then, Nope, that's yeah. just not happening anymore. Bye. Nah, See you. <laughs> nice knowing you. We're going to go ahead and leave that Alliance. So now it's just down to two conferences here, trying to hold on for. Let's, let's be real. That, that, that was over when Texas and Oklahoma announced they're going to sec. You can announce any kind of Alliance, but that, that, that was a power move by sec. And, you know, like Justin said, um, the Big Ten and the SEC have, are one and two, or have been one and two in terms of revenue. Oh yeah, and and it, it's not close. And they those two conferences have said, all right, you know, let, let, let's go. One of us is going to be one. One's going to be two. So that that you know, Texas and Oklahoma, are, 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 you know, we'll, I think we'll look back fifteen years and say, oh shit, you know. Those two programs are what started this whole realignment. And when they renegotiate those uh, media deals, the Big Ten with Fox, the SEC with ESPN, I mean, 
the astronomical payouts. It, it's just going to be something whoever is not in one of those two conferences, maybe unless you're Notre Dame, um, you're just not going to be able to compete with it. No, the money, the money is way too much. Mm -hmm. Here's a little chart here that was inside the discord today. Make sure you guys go join down in the description below. That's ridiculous, man. But here's How much the would numbers. 118 million help Florida State per year. <laughs> uh, I think they'd find some money for their football only facility and not have to get on their knees for the Spanx lady. <laughs> uh, but these numbers are crazy. I mean, if you're looking now at 2022, Florida State projected or the ACC at 30.9 million dollars, and then a decent increase there in 2025. But if you look at the SEC and what they're going to be doing over the next three, four, definitely five years, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, the jump that they're going to have. Yeah. Florida state cannot compete being in that bottom number. It's just not they possible. Can't. I don't it's care not possible. who you are. Even Clemson money wins. Yeah. Even Clemson's going to fall back. You know, so, you know, I'm all, I'm all about it. I don't care. Again, I hope it's the SEC. Um, I'll, if it's a Big Ten, so be it. You know, the, those two numbers would, would be tremendous for Florida State. Um, I know as a fan, everyone's griping and moaning about win, wins and losses. You know, Florida State, I think, would get back pretty quickly. You know, with that kind of money available. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to go over too now to a piece that we put out earlier today. Um, per some of our sources, we we're able to bring in quite a bit of info, <laughs> dialed into it for like the last since about Monday, trying to gather in some information on what Florida State's stance is on this. Um, we're able to talk to a few people and put a piece together out for you guys. We'll put it in the chat here in a minute. Um, but Florida State is indeed, you know, exploring leaving the ACC for for a new conference, and really is like we just talked about the Big Ten and the SEC here. Um, from what we were told, uh, th these talks have been going on since last summer. You know, nothing's ever going to become public out of this. Just to you know, make sure everybody knows that nothing's ever going to become public. But um, per sources, the, the talks have been going on since last summer between Florida State. You know, you've got the SEC, which now is heavily after some programs, and then you got the Big Ten too. The problem with the Big Ten, you know, you've got the AAU there with academics going on. The SEC does not want the Big Ten to come in and grab some of these Southeast uh, colleges. Definitely teams like Florida State, Clemson, you know, even even Miami, but even Virginia Tech, Virginia. You know, if there's any way, shape, or form, the SEC can hold off on the Big Ten doing that, they will do that. And a lot of it is going to come down to, um, you know, media rights and all of the kind of contracts that goes on behind the scenes that, you know, I think FSU fans are wondering, how does FSU get out of this? And we, we got a pretty good explanation over the last couple of days on how that could unfold. unfold. I know, D. Lou, you put out a piece earlier today kind of describing and giving – the different methods of how this could, how this could concur or on go. I don't know how to really place it because it's all. I think. Place. I think the first, the first thing that we should talk about because I keep seeing everyone say it in the chat is the grant of rights, grant of rights agreement, and mm -hmm. obviously Florida State, the ACC is locked into that agreement until twenty thirty six, um, in twenty thirteen every school signed a deal to surrender their media rights and the original date to expire was June 30th, 2027. And then in 2016, they increased that for nine more years to get more television revenue and to get the ACC network finally up and running. But basically the grant of rights is executed based on ESPN's agreement with the ACC. So for instance, if new teams are added to the conference, um, if the ACC was to merger with the Pac-12 or bring in a program from the Pac-12, the current grant of rights, yeah, the current grant of rights would be invalidated. Mm -hmm. um, so in that same scenario, ACC, they would have to create a new grant of rights. And in that instance, Florida State would be able to leave freely for another conference. And ESPN itself has a lot of power here. Technically, they could reverse course on their deal with the ACC, um, considering they're they're kind of aligned with the SEC, um, 
you know, depending on if those profit margins outweigh the cost of abandoning that deal with the ACC and with the numbers that we've seen, they probably will. So there is a way for Florida State to circumvent that. And they might even they might have an example to go off of because it sounds like the SEC is trying to move up the date to get Oklahoma and Texas in as soon as 2023. Long story short, there's a way out, and they, I think that <laughs> I, 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 I think that has been long ironed out. That was probably one of the first things that was addressed. You know, how did we get out of this? What's the what's the fine print? What's the legalities? How do we get out of this at, at minimal cost? So, the fact that the whole country, multiple conferences, or the realignments all over the place, I, I, I. I We'll think that there's a 50-50 shot that FSU gets out of that deal um, freely. Plus, you get your top lawyers on that, and I'm sure they'll be able to find some type of clause or, or mm-hmm. something in the language to circumvent it. Um, either way. What's going to worse? You, you negotiate a deal, you make $117 million a year, and, and you, pay, you, you pay it off until you pay them the money back. So there's a way out. Yeah, but, you know, either way, I think Florida State, they will have a precedent to follow. Um, The SEC, you know, they're trying to react to this move of the Big Ten adding USC and UCLA, which will be in 2024. They want to try and leapfrog that to go ahead and get their expansion started with Oklahoma and Texas in 2023. And right now that the current agreement is for those two programs to join the SEC in 2025, which would be a year after the Big Ten expands. Um, so that means that they would have to figure out a way to get out of the big 12 grant of rights to make that happen. So we'll just have to see how that process goes and if the SEC is really about it, which they prove they are, and they have the money to go make it happen if they really want to. I perfect. I think out of the both both those conferences, you know, at Florida State, you know, is and talks here with both of them. I lean towards more SEC. It makes most sense ge- geographically, and I, the matchups are beautiful. And don't get me wrong, there. I mean, you're going to see a packed house crowd if you have a Tennessee coming in and playing Florida State and Doak. Um, you know, an LSU. You go to play LSU home and home series. It just makes sense to where you're not traveling off, and like the AAU still comes in. Hand two for if your Florida State's going to be, you know, maybe, you know, messing around with the Big Ten. That also plays in a part in it too, pretty big part. Kind of, kind of hurts it there. So it just depends on what Florida State wants to end up, you know, doing. But I think the SEC, like Delu said, they they've proven that they can make some moves, and you know, they've got the money and the the budget to do these kind of things. But you, you got to find a little way out. But, you know, if you go back to now the ACC and the Pac-12 and that partnership situation, if that ends up being a thing, I personally don't see any of that happening. Um, but if it does end up coming into fruition, you don't want to be a Florida State fan holding on to a partnership <laughs> or whatever the hell it is with the Pac-12. You don't want anything to do with that. And I think that's what a lot of these top-tier ACC teams like Florida State, um, Clemson, North Carolina, uh, Miami, you know, they're, they're trying to not be a part of that. And, you know, maybe the athletic directors over there are also having these same type of conversations that Florida state is having in house. You just can't be along for the ride with that. And, you know, it sucks. It is what it is, but I think most Florida state fans too, or have been really wanting to get out of the ACC. I know some fans were, don't want to do the sec chance whatsoever, but once they see the money that would be coming in for Florida state's, programs i think they would be fine with doing a few sec chants and doke i would not do sec chant and doke um i don't care about uh, the other teams um uh, i just i just want florida state to stay relevant to say are you doing an acc chant no <laughs> i hope which one would you rather do more neither i hope every team Florida State plays goes zero and 12 <laughs> i don't care that? about the other programs I care about Florida State and, you know, the writing's on the wall at some form or fashion. It'll be announced FSU is leaving the ACC at some point. Um, We just got to sit back and wait for it to uh, be the Big 12 conference. Nope. 
Pac-12 conference? Nope. The Mac, the the Mount West conference? Nope. It's gonna be <laughs> it's 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 gonna be SEC or, or Big Ten, and going there's from there. no in between. No, and I hope Miami gets left out. <laughs> Miami gets left. Well, well, God, well, well, we'll watch on uh, ESPN seven the uh, ACC Pac twelve championship, uh, Oregon State versus Miami. Yeah, that would be exhilarating. Mm-hmm. Um, Play, Mike played in Provo. <laughs> yeah, Mike, uh, Mike Bianchi. Am I saying that right, Bianchi? Y'all know who that is, right? Yeah, Mike uh, Bianchi. Columnist. Yeah, Mike, yeah. Mike Bianchi. <laughs> Writer, what? What'd you say? Bianchi. It's just even... Logan goes Bianchi and, and yeah. Nate's like Bianchi. Is it Bianchi? Right. Nate, might, might, Bianchi? Nate might be saying it right. He might be. I'm thinking Mike Bianchi. Bianchi from, from thinking... Orlando Sentinel. Don't Nate's even right talk right. about his article about, uh, sorry guys, uh, Virginia. Guys, the, the guy is completely all about like shock and awe. His article, no, 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 no. He put stupid. out a piece. He put out a piece 20 minutes ago. He says, I hate to be the bearer of bad news for fans of the Canes, FSU, and Clemson. Yeah. But North Carolina, Virginia or, or Carolina, yeah. North, North Carolina will be the ACC's prime target if the SEC and Big Ten come a calling. But he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, you might be onto something there. You might be onto something there. He's an idiot. Why Pretty. people even discuss what he talks about and writes about still? You know, he's a oh. he's a known Florida State hater. You know, he's a Florida fan. I don't also trust anybody that follows 47, 48,000 people on Twitter. That should be an automatic red sign. He follows me. Wow. <laughs> you're one of the 48,000 that he's following. So at some point, you're probably names, your name's going to pop up on the timeline and he just immediately hits follow. I, know I, we've don't, talked, I don't agree. Let's go back to our report. I know we've talked about the SEC a little bit, but let's talk mm-hmm. about Florida State to the Big Ten because the interesting thing that we were able to learn is that the Big Ten is considering a concession to offer Florida State membership to the conference despite the fact that they're not a member of the Association of American Universities, the AAU. And basically, I'll break it down real quick. The AAU is a group of American universities who transform lives through education, research, and innovation. According to their website, the the AAU receives most of the federal funding for research that will improve public health and contribute to the country's economic strength. Um, Blah, blah, blah. In order for schools to be considered, the universities have to pass two phases of indicators with requirements ranging from memberships in national academies, such as National Academies of Science and Engineering, and the number of research and scholarship PhDs approved every year. And that is per one of our Sports Illustrated sites, Wildcats Daily. So that sounds great, but we're talking about football. But basically, let me finish. Basically, that's important because 13 of the 14 programs that are currently in the Big Ten are affiliated with the AAU. Nebraska is the only one that isn't, and they were previously a part of it. And you look mm-hmm. at UCLA and U- USC coming in, they are also a part of the AAU. So the Big Ten, outside of football, they also put a big standard when it comes to academics. So it's very interesting that they would potentially bend a – pretty imperative rule that they've had for a long time to get Florida State in the conference. Where's Florida State right now in terms of national colleges? Aren't they amongst the top 30? Uh, I could not tell you. It's more It's more of the amount of research yeah, yeah, funding that they're bringing in per year, which yeah. I think that they're still on the lower end of that. They've been improving in those standings, but – they're not at the level where some of those institutions that have been around since the seventeen eighteen hundred. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was about to say. Florida State is also, you know, exactly expon- exponentially younger as as a school versus, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, USC, Stanford. You know, hundreds of years younger. So, whatever. You nailed it. I'm going to put a poll here inside of the YouTube chat and see 
which one, which conference they would like to pick because I see a few people saying Big Ten in here too. But we got over almost 150 on the I YouTube want, page right now. I want to see, I want to see how people really feel. I want, I want Florida State, Georgia. I want Florida State, LSU. Yeah, those are the matchups I want to watch. I'm not interested in Florida State versus Iowa. I don't want to travel to Iowa. I can see it both ways. I think yeah. the SEC, it obviously brings you closer to a lot of programs that are um, right in the area for Florida State, and they would make mm-hmm. for some interesting matchups. But then you look over at the Big Ten and the opportunity to potentially improve the university outside of football to mm-hmm. continue bulking up the academics. And you look at the new president, Dr. Richard um, McCallow, that, that's something that, he, that he's placed a big emphasis on big emphasis on so it's very interesting that we were able to uncover that the big 10 is exploring that possibility and you would think that's something that would appeal to the higher ups at florida state uh our youtube guy thank here, you Gornals. yeah he says giving us some info here 55th overall academic institution for florida state and a top 20 public school academically mm-hmm. yeah i remember seeing the banners out when i was mm-hmm. on campus when i used to go to classes I, I think we all have our preference, but I think that um, all three of us, and I'm sure, you know, Austin's not here. I think either one of the two, in order to to stay competitive, I think we'd be happy. Not to speak for you guys, but I don't care. I want SEC, but if it's Big Ten, so be it. Um, that's what it comes down to. I would say, yeah, money. Whoever is going to offer the most money, uh, I think no FSU fan will really complain mm-hmm. there. But if we have a preferred one, I think all of us are on the SEC side here. I mean, it's a lot But does it kind of make sense, you know, ACC, ESPN involvement, you know, it kind of seems like it'd be uh, more of a natural transition over to the that SEC with the Fox. ESPN instead of Fox. It just seems like it's more of a natural, organic transition. You want to be changing much, at least – uh, national television wise, it'd be fun to have Gus Johnson calling games, though. <laughs> like yeah, you said, yeah. um, Nate, ESPN, they've got a lot of power here with that mm. deal with the SEC. Obviously, we talked about earlier how they could kind of nullify the ACC's grant of rights agreement if, if they wanted to go down that path. But one thing that we were also told, um, in this report. Considering the SEC's massive deal with ESPN, um, the source, the sources, they they believe that the ACC's grant of rights will only be invalidated if premier programs such as Florida State agree to join the SEC instead of the Big Ten. So there might be a more viable path for Florida State to get into the SEC Mm -hmm. rather than the Big Ten. That's kind of my point, you know, ESPN can kind of be like, hey, you know, come over here. You're gonna worry about that, you know that that grant of rights. You come over here, but if you go over to the Big Ten, you're gonna exactly. pay up. Mm-hmm. Got you in purgatory. Mm-hmm. They're like, all right, wait till 2036 then. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, for a majority of the votes here tonight, it's going 82 percent to the SEC for preferred conference if Florida State were to leave the ACC. So. ACC. Not much of a shocker there at all. That's for sure. Um, I think, I, I think we could do a whole, a whole podcast on the impact of recruiting just with the name uh, of the <laughs> conference, you know? There's a lot of content to be done. If there does indeed be a conference change, You, I'm mm-hmm. already thinking of the web of different things, both <laughs> pieces-wise and on here. Mm-hmm. It would be nonstop, <laughs> nonstop of stuff. So Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I would like to have something happen soon, but you know what? You know, we still got a little while till fall camp. So give me everything you got, baby. Give me everything. Mm-hmm. Leak it all, please. Leak I, it all. I think it's going to act pretty quick because I think it's an arms arms race right now between the, the two conferences. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying next week or the end of the month, but I think within the next few months, maybe sometime during the season, I think we hear something. But even if it's more substantiated or, uh, or, hey, this is what is going to unfold after the season. I think we're going to hear something at some point within the next three months. Yeah. Let's make, that it, happen. That, Let's make it happen. 
that TV deal money, you know, those facility upgrades, they'll be done tomorrow night. <laughs> you want uh. the best, you, you want the best, uh, I, I guess they got a baseball and softball coach. I don't know who else you want. You want the best replacement you can find for Leonard Hamilton. You will get them. Yeah. Um, they can buy out. That you know, you need uniforms. There's, there's a lot of investments that Florida state is going to be making in other sports. They're, they're making upgrades to the softball arena. They're going to have to do a lot with the the new baseball program around link to, to really improve the, the facilities as well. And, a move like this, I mean, it, it gets you the funding to make all those things possible. Yep. If you and guys does, haven't, does it make sense for Notre Dame to go to the Big Ten? It does to me. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't see why not, but they hold all the cards since they're technically um, still an independent school, and they make a crap ton of money off NBC. I don't believe that there's much holding them as far as Mm-mm. the ACC's grant of rights. Mm-mm. Put in the chat here, if you guys haven't yet, make sure you guys go join our Discord. Uh, a lot of the guys pumping in some info all throughout the week on there, and it's been rocking right now with all this conference talk. We got over Can 2, you pull up Joseph's comment? Joseph's got a comment. But, yeah, if you're if you're on YouTube, go click that Discord link. Go jump in there. The discussion is going very well. Which one is it? It's up like seven Which comment? Comments. What's Joseph his name again? Stewart, oh, Joseph. There we go. So, FSU isn't even making bowl games in the ACC anymore. So, even if they go to the SEC to play tougher competition, they're earning about double the funding, maybe triple mm-hmm. the funding, than they are right now, which is only going to help them improve in the future. Making this move is going to be what helps get Florida State back with the amount of money they're going to be able to bring in to improve their Mm -hmm. programs, keep higher coaches, keep coaches, and I think it could pay off in the NIL NIL world too. All all of that, Dustin, I agree with you, has helped significantly. You know, I I think that that – Increases Florida State's comeback, it, you know, the, the the climb back to relevancy, whatever you want to call it. I think that you know puts a, a little bit of gas in the tank, and you know, one hundred seventy million dollars can do a lot for a program. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and I think in Florida State's spot, I don't think they're hurting so much in years past financially, and definitely now with you know Alfred being in charge here and make a lot of moves left and right. But overall, that amount of money for any university changes a lot, a lot of things, not only football program, but like y'all were talking about outside of that with different programs with really excellent sports that Florida State has on the outside that could use some extra mm-hmm. funding. It just makes sense. It just makes sense. And you know, this conversation is only going to continue into next week and yep. the next week. And God knows if we don't have any kind of answer per se or anything official, then it will be a big discussion all throughout. Yeah, and whether, whether it's right or wrong, you know. You know, we can have our our opinions about it, but these recruits are bound and determined to play in the SEC right now. Yeah, yeah, you know, Ohio State and, you know, they're doing their thing, but a lot of these Southern kids want to play in the SEC. So that helps FSU. But, you know, imagine the soccer program with $30 more million. You know, they're already probably the best soccer program in the country now. Softball, you know, that's all going to – it's going to be interesting to watch how it unfolds. I think Florida State climbs back to the top of the mountain in terms of of, of, a, of a program for not just football, but you know, basketball. I don't care about you know Austin can you know <laughs> suffer through that, but it's all about football for me. So yeah, I've got I've got a simple saying: adapt or die. Mm-hmm. You make this move to the SEC or Big Ten or you were going to fall behind like every other program in the country outside of about 40. Dr. Paris, Triple Dr. H. <laughs> what, would be, what would be y'all's favorite uh, Big Ten home-and-home home series and SEC home-and-home? Home? That would, y'all would actually uh, like to go to. You know, Ohio State, yeah, but, you know, I'd love to go watch a game at, at Michigan, you know. Mm-hmm. you know. That'd be a fun stadium to watch. And you know Georgia, I've always wanted to go watch a game there or LSU. You know, you know LSU is my definite 
top school that I want to watch a game at Death Valley. But Athens would be fun too. Give me Ohio State and LSU for sure. Mm-hmm. Nashville, Vanderbilt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's exactly yeah. where I want to go. Please. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, Ohio uh, State. Yeah. Ohio State yeah, for I, me, Big Ten wise. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I, I've never been to the big house, though. So I wouldn't object that either. Mm-hmm. You know, really, you know, either one of those, Michigan or Ohio State for sure, but. You know, LSU, Georgia, those atmospheres would be really fun to soak in. Maybe get a nice little Texas A&M home and home. Hmm. Oh, (laughs) I I don't want to travel to college. I've been there before. Not special people. Very not special. Supposedly, they're they're very much like NC State fans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I've lived here in Tallahassee my whole life and, you know, when, when football season's not here, it does kind of stink a little bit. I mean, you're not far away from the beach, which is nice. But when you go to College Station and you don't have football at all, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to go take care of picking up horse shit at some uh, some crap over there with some horses. Well, it's an yeah. agricultural and maintenance school. That's right. You know? I'm not going to pick up horse shit in College Town. Maybe, yeah. You can try Literally and figuratively. Line. Huh? I could try for what? The twelfth man. Go get yeah, that number that would... twelve jersey, you know. Yeah, I would love that. That would be my dream come true, right there. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, Trey Fisher, Jimbo's son, coming here to play quarterback. Uh, FAMU. Shout out to Little Fisher there. I don't think Speaking that kid ever wanted. I don't think he ever wanted to leave Tallahassee. You know. Yeah. No. I think he uh, he definitely really likes Tallahassee. Uh, Eddie Goldman, too. Just some little quick hitters, too, to end off the night. Eddie Goldman signed a one-year deal with the Atlanta Falcons. He's coming coming down to the southeast again after his time with the Bears. So, shout out to Eddie Goldman getting that one-year deal. I'm trying to think anything else NFL-wise has really happened. Guys are now getting their last couple of weeks of vacay before training camp starts. Jameis was great, man. Jamie says, look, and I, I, I will say I was a little worried during mandatory mini camp with the little limp that he had. And I wasn't mm-hmm. entirely sure. And I know a few of the New he Orleans outlets. <laughs> I, know, I know a few of the LSU outlets said it's nothing to be worried about. You know, they're warming him up. They're not doing him full force. And I think that's that. mental versus anything, you know. I'm, I'm sure. As someone that's done it three times. You know, suffered three knee injuries. You know, it's more mental than than anything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, fingers crossed, everything goes well um, in the recovery. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else really that has happened. We'll, I mean, we'll keep a close eye on Lucas Simmons and his commitment that will be happening on Monday. We'll have full coverage on that wherever he ends up deciding to go. This is a big one for FSU, but I think all of us on here are pretty optimistic on FSU side. As of Thursday at eight oh nine, I'm just so saying, it, Thursday it, at eight oh nine. It's Monday in Clearwater. I should go cover it. You said, uh, you said it. You said it. If you can if get you off get work, Logan stream, will send you a stipend. I'll send you. I, I, I'm I'll on vacation. Stipend. So he lives there. I don't live in Clearwater. Clearwater is well, an hour away. But it's worth uh, it'd be worth the drive. You get him a nice no. little per diem. Yeah, come on. Well, man, if you send a, uh, I'll get a stream. I'll get a stream yard link. We we did it before, Nate. We yeah. did it with uh, Nico. Nico's yeah. commitment. We might not you want give me that hotel in. room, Logan. No, no, you're gonna be staying with Nate. Nate, he doesn't. <laughs> Nate doesn't want to stay with you. That's fine. You know, I don't want to stay with me. He had bad habits. <laughs> bad habits. <laughs> but just keep your eyes on Jalen Brown committing tomorrow. Lucas Simmons Monday and Dalen Smothers next Thursday. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. I believe he'll probably commit before we go live for the show. So we'll see what happens. Florida State. Maybe they make. I don't think they're going to get Brown, but maybe they can make a late mm-hmm. run at Smothers. And mm-hmm. we talked about it for a while earlier. In a good position to to come out of things with Simmons. Well, I think that's going to end it off. I'm going to put in the chat one last time. Make sure you guys are in the Discord. It's free to join. Join 2,000 other FSU fans. Things are heating up, getting ready for the football season. Florida State expecting 
to get in the groove here uh, July 27. Nothing official yet, but players will be reporting on the 26th to Florida State and the more, and then expected to have practice on the 27th. So things are going to start heating up here. As always, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Hit the subscribe button down below if you haven't yet, or hit the like button. Either way, we definitely would appreciate it. We're on iTunes too, so if you want to listen to the podcast version, you can. We're also on Spotify, Google Play, everywhere else. But this is Here the Spirit presented by NoelGameDay.com. Hope everybody has a great rest of y'all's weekend, and we will talk to you guys next week on Here the Spear. Adios. Go Noles.